to turn the mic on. Oh, now the battery's dying. Dang it. Welcome back to the Jackson Cloud. Today we are going to be talking about discernment. Because we've talked about hearing God's voice. We've talked about thinking God's thoughts, which is often what his voice sounds like. We thought about um, dreaming his thoughts in visionary kinds of ways. Daydreaming his thoughts, which is a, a vision of sorts. Now we need to talk about discernment, right? Because we've learned how to listen to something spiritual. And we talked about this kind of with Daniel, if you'll remember. Daniel was subjected to the Chaldeans, uh, which were the more or less like the wise men that you see in um, Jesus' birth narrative. There's these wise men who show up. That's more or less the Chaldeans. They're people who were known to mess around with um, trying to discern spiritual messages from all kinds of spiritual beings. So Daniel was subjected to the Chaldeans when they were in exile, but as Casey said, he kind of redeemed that and used spiritual tactics to tune in to Yahweh, to God, to the Holy Spirit. So we've now learned over the last week here, uh, two weeks really, how to listen to spiritual messages. Now we need to learn to discern. Because there are three different kinds of spirits that will we'll lump in your, your messages into. One, there's the Holy Spirit, which is God's Spirit, which is God himself speaking to us. And then there's two, there's your spirit, uh, in which you can hear your own thoughts, if you will. Uh, and then third, there's demonic spirits, or Satan's voice, as you might sometimes like refer to it. You know, like, dang it, Satan, get behind me. You know, like, I don't want to hear you anymore. You just generalize kind of all evil under the name Satan a lot of times. So now we need to learn to discern, okay, I've heard something. What is it? Is it me? Is it God? Is it demons? Is it something else? Um, and this is important because it it's also messy. I should say that. Like you can get... What? They don't come with signs saying, this is you. This yeah. is not you. Well, this is God. I think it can get misconstrued a lot. Actually, me and a friend were talking about this last week. Somebody online um, said, I, he, he posted this video. He's a well-known Christian guy. Posted this video. He's like, yeah, I was just praying this morning, and here's what, here's what I just felt God say. And he says it. I don't really want to get into it. <laughs> but he says it, and after he says it, like, I'm like, okay, that's a God statement. He even uses a Bible verse talking about how, how it's the enemy's job to, who, to seek to kill and destroy. And then his application as to God telling him this was something that felt entirely, entirely contrary to what, like, the Holy Spirit would say to me, you know? And, like, I sent it to a friend. I'm like, what do I do with this, you know? Like, I'm just trying to understand these kind of prophetic statements like is he hearing god's voice am i crazy am i wrong and, and so on and so forth and they're like that actually i mean you know they use the bible it sounds like god would tell us that satan's come to kill and destroy uh but his application in that moment sounded misconstrued like he then turns to his human spirit as to how he thinks so his interpretation was different. 
He heard it, but his interpretation was different than you would think would be the correct interpretation. Yes. So would we say that's summarized? It's really hard to kind of talk about this without being intent about everything he said. Right. So yes, he. We could say that the word that he got was correct and proper and from the Holy Spirit. We could deduce that. But we could also say that his interpretation. Either I'm wrong or he's wrong, <laughs> you know, like uh, whatever the case might be, the implication from the interpretation felt rather human spirit. So Holy Spirit speaks, but then human spirit interprets. And this can happen sometimes where we get valid words, but we mess them up. So, for example, I heard a story and I don't have a source, so I'll just use that as an example. Even if it's not true, it makes a point, I guess. Um, Friend told me a story of a uh, that he heard someone is praying for someone. They have this vision of like dark purple skies, storm rolling in, and then it, it starts raining money like everywhere, and it, it just sorry like dollar dollar signs are like raining. So uh, the Wait, guy gold money, silver money, just dollar signs oh, okay. coming in. And so the I guy to rain money. The guy prophesies, if you will, is like. Uh, you need to stay away from money. Money is bad for you. It's going to be like a foothold on you, you know? Rather than just give him the dream, purple skies rolling in, looks evil, money's raining. It's like, you need to be careful. There's some. you need to stay away from money. That's, that's not going to be good. So he interprets it that way. He stays away from money. And then sometime later, he finds out his partner has been embezzling all of their business. So the guy did get a proper word about like, hey... You have find like something bad financially is on your way. You need to pay attention. Was actually what the interpretation was, but instead the prophet got the valid word and created his own symbolic interpretation, and spoke out his interpretation, and misconstrued what was actually meaning to be communicated. So in fact, it kind of empowered it the other way. Stay away from money. Money bad. You know. Now the guy's not even like looking at the money. Now, right. now he's like keeping a distance away from it. And you can imagine God being like, oh no, this is only empowered what wasn't supposed to happen. Right. So this is why it becomes important that uh, as Olivia would point up here, as she did last week, that we don't Wait, use there. God's name. Yeah, we there. don't use God's name in vain because we can come up with interpretations that were not valid. Um and so we need to be very cautious as to, A, what is our source so that we don't empower a source that's not God? And then B, what is the proper amount of interpretation? Like that guy could have just given the vision instead of interpreting it for him. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. Or from what I understand, he didn't. So discernment. We, discernment because we can misconstrue things that are valid. And discernment because we aren't always hearing God. We're often hearing our own thoughts or or even Satan's thoughts, if you will. So um, I think in my own life, and maybe you guys might have your own stories, but have you ever had a time where you felt like you were empowering Satan's thoughts? My own story goes like this. Uh, when I was a kid, I felt like I had to confess everything. <laughs> Everything that happened, like, I, I know a story you think I'm going to tell. I'm not even going to tell that one. Oh, not that one? Okay. Like, here's a simple thing. Like, when I was a kid, I would often, like, put my mouth in my shirt, and then, like, if there's a bad taste in my mouth, I'd just kind of spit it in my shirt, which is gross, but, like, to me, like, suddenly became, like, a sin. Like, 
Uh, it's kind of gross, Jamin. You should confess that. You don't want to like be in trouble with God for the, like. It's just ridiculous, right? Absolutely ridiculous. Anyways, that's little Jamin trying to deal with every thought that comes his way, and the fact that Satan, which we've learned means adversary, it can also mean accuser. Uh, Jamin's not paying attention to the fact that he's constantly being accused of every little thing, and so he's like confessing every little thing. Right. Um, but that followed me for a long time until I learned to turn it off. For me, it was a spiritual discipline of falling asleep to cartoons. <laughs> like, I, I, if I stayed up late, my brain naturally went to a dark place and would think of every last thing to accuse me over. And then I'd just be up all night depressed, thinking I'm all this horrible person. That was, that was my life. Cartoons gave me some humor, helped me turn that off and stop thinking about it. Or music. I used to fall asleep to P.O.D. every night, which was impressive because that's that was as close to screamo music as you got back then. All right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Anyways, as I got older, I, I can't even imagine that. Like, <laughs> it, it was the case for me though. But when I got older, it kicked back in full force uh, after a breakup. Uh, broke up with someone. And the reasons we broke up was that uh, I wasn't, they didn't think I was honest enough on a particular thing that had happened. So I was like, okay, I need to learn to be more honest, which if you'll remember, younger Damon had a problem being too honest. So when I had a major life crisis happen because I was told I wasn't honest enough, yeah, I was like, oh no, <laughs> maybe little younger Damon was right about confessing everything. And so it, in college, it came full force. Every single thought that went through my head. This is literally it got to this point of craziness. I just feel like Satan, I didn't know it was Satan at the time, would be like, Damon, what's the worst possible thing you could think of right now? Oh, I guess I could think of doing this horrible thing. <gasps> I can't believe you thought of that. How deprived are you? You need to confess that. <laughs> okay, you know, like, and that became my like mental state. <laughs> so I'm dating my wife at this point. I mean, my girlfriend at the time, because of my wife. And like, I'm consistently going up to her like every day, like, I need to tell you something. You know, it's like, just like worse and worse and worse. And like, I was afraid. Oh I was afraid. So it'd be like, Jamie, does this dress make me look fat? I don't think so, but I guess if I need to try to be honest, there's a margin of error of maybe. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I don't want to go to hell for not telling the truth. <laughs> so, so it'd be this kind of ridiculousness. And one day I had a professor who, I didn't like anything he ever said, but he said one thing that helped, that fixed this. Wow. <laughs> I didn't like anything else, but one thing. He was talking one day about, um, he was just walking through a store and the thought popped in his head, why don't you kill that man right there? <laughs> and he's like, why on earth would I think that? <laughs> and so he did what the Bible says, take every thought captive and subject it to Christ, you know. He does that and like he just feels in that moment, he's like, oh, well, Satan just, put a random thought in my head and I just need to let that go. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's what's been happening. <laughs> I've been accused every single hour of the day and I, I'm losing my sanity. So I finally learned to turn that back off. Anyways, 
That's an example from my life of hearing Satan's thoughts and having to discern it. Because in my mind, it's, it's the Bible says Satan masquerades like an angel of light. And that's the way I took it. It's like, ah, something, God is trying to convict me about my sins so that I'll repent and be better. When in reality, Satan was trying to plant sins on me and then accuse me of them <laughs> every second of every day. And it was working. I was, I was, I was losing a lot of everything <laughs> I over those days. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you guys have moments where you've ever noticed like, this isn't God, this is Satan, anything like that. And it's cool if not, or maybe you don't want to share it, but I mean, I haven't, I mean, I've experienced it, but I don't remember it. I try to forget it right after. Well, we can at least admit that we've all kind of had this moment where it's like, I rebuke you, Satan, get behind, you know, like we discern like this isn't a God thought, right? Yeah, I try not to remember those because those are bad ones. <laughs> well, likewise, those are like if Satan comes up, that's something you want to get, get away from you. You know, we talked about in a previous episode that Jesus was tempted, not just in the desert, but all the way to the end. And when Satan showed up in Peter to tempt him with the same temptation from the desert, there's another way to save the world rather than to die, Jesus's response is immediate, get behind me, Satan. You know, like he's he's trying to trying to push him off right away. I don't need to dwell on these thoughts. I don't need to live in this temptation. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any? Yeah, I feel like um, sometimes there are thoughts or images that come to my head, but instead of like addressing them and rebuking them, I always go to the, oh, I can't think about that and then try so hard not to think about it that it's the only thing I can think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happens. And that's so like that might be another good example. Even with all humanity, eventually a sex drive kicks in typically. And when that happens, uh, there's plenty of things that we can reflect on that are not godly. Right. And there's some extents where that is purely scientific. That's your own spirit. Your hormones have literally accelerated, causing your mind to now think of things that before this moment it didn't even know really existed, right? And so there's science to that. But at the same time, the enemy can take that and really pervert it and turn it over to some crazy stuff. And if you're not adamant about fighting it in your own scientific hormonal kind of ways, it'll eventually take off and, and turn into something much bigger, whether that be a porn addiction or um, just going beyond with uh, anything else, you know. Sex can turn into all kinds of atrocities uh, and it can go from being a, a just a scientific moment to a spiritual moment when it gets out of control. Whereas if we subject it to God, of course, he's going to say like, you know, this is a good thing. It's a gift I've given you. We need to learn to control this because uh, it's everyone's battle to learn to get on top of this before it before it gets on top of you and destroys you. Um, so that would be that'd be a good example of like, again, we're we're now facing our sexuality and we're trying to subject it to God to figure out how to discern what to do with it from here. Everything is like that. Um, when I have a thought, let's say it's a human thought about another person, uh, but it's not a good thought. It's gossipy. It's bad. And now I'm 
trying to like kind of destroy them in my head. Maybe you've been there before where you're mad at someone and you just let that go crazy until, as the Bible says, Satan gets like a foothold on you. Uh, it says, don't let, the, don't let the sun go down on your anger, otherwise you give the enemy a foothold. Like that's, that's that moment. It's a very human thing when you're mad at someone for your own spirit to want to dwell in that. But as you dwell in that, you turn it over to Satan, and now the enemy has brought in a new grip on it. Whereas if you don't let the sun go down in your anger, you turn it over to God, you now are bringing the Holy Spirit speaking into that, allowing you to forgive, restore, things like that. So spiritual warfare, discernment, trying to figure out what's what, that takes time. Um, we talked off camera about a dream, for example. Uh, sometimes when we don't always know the context of dreams, um, it can be easy to give the wrong interpretation. So I had a friend who in our spiritual gifts class gave a dream and she was like, here's what happened. Uh, I was more or less being like the dream kept telling me, uh, not to adopt someone, um, because I would mess it up more or less. And as they explained the dream, it was very hard to tell what the source was. Was it them? Was it God? Was it Satan? Like we could, we, we literally came up with an interpretation for each way. If it's Satan, he's saying this. If it's God, he's saying this. If it's you, here's what you're feeling in your own fears. Until finally, I said, what's the context of this dream? What were you going through at that time? And they tell us everything, we're like, oh, and that clarified everything. Because we now could tell like, here's what the enemy wanted to happen. Here's what God wanted to happen. And this is what you need to do based on the dream for God to have his way. Uh, so context gave us a lot of discernment in that scenario. Um, but it, it takes time. And like I said, it's, it's messy too. Sometimes you get uh, sometimes you get valid words that then get spun the wrong way. And I think I've I've probably been there. I think most people have, and that's part of the um, training grounds of the prophecy. That as Casey said, the spiritual gifts learner's permit is trying to figure this out and say it right. God puts a lot of trust in us. He doesn't often just give us the whole thing. He gives us pieces and then wants us to, to do it well from there. So what are some of the things that you would guess if, I guess let's think, but let's just talk about what would come to mind. If God is trying to get you, uh, is trying to speak to you, what are some, what, what's the litmus test? How would we discern that that's from God? Um. If it follows God's character as written in the Bible? Yeah, so does it match his character, which God's character is love, right? Uh, with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, does it have those qualities? Uh, but then, as you said, the Bible, does it match the Bible? That one's huge. Um, when someone, if you get a a word and what you say sounds like it's going to destroy lives or like tear families apart or tear, do lots of evil, or it doesn't have any level of forgiveness. 
any level of love, any level of um, releasing, and it's only for like your own power and control. Like none of that matches the Bible. None of that matches the gospels of what Jesus wants for us. None of that matches um, God's character. And so we'd have to step back and say, okay, what? What then? So like I had a dream about a friend who I was very at odds with at one point. The way that Jamin would, Jamin's own spirit at that time would want destruction, <laughs> right? He'd want this relationship to be done with. I would even like, I'd be more open at that time probably to listen to Satan who could easily tempt me at that time. Like, yeah, you need to blow this relationship up. But every time that like I would pray, I'd feel like, Jamin, you need to pray. You need to pray for them. I, I didn't want to. <laughs> like, here's my pastoral admission. I didn't want to pray for someone. Like, no, I was hurt, I was mad, and I felt like I was wronged, not just once, but over and over and over and over again. And so I would just consistently like, okay, well, it's, Satan's not telling me to pray for them. <laughs> right? I'm not telling me to pray for them. So, all right, God, I'll pray for them. And I learned as I prayed for them that God has ways of softening even me when I'm hoping for the best for that other person. So yeah. that's God's character right there. It's like that song that came out, what, like 15 years ago? I'm praying for you. Pray that... your brakes go out oh. right down the hill. Pray your flower pot drops from, from the windowsill. Window <laughs> yes, yes. That, uh... Have you what? heard this? Song? No, There's I like, have not like, heard this before. It's a country song. Guys it say is. like, and I got down on my knees and I prayed for you. And then he prays about all the ways that he hopes that her life is miserable. <laughs> so that song is a good example as to like what the human spirit wants. It's a good example as to what Satan would empower, but it's not a good example of what uh, what God would want. And we can tell that very easily through scripture. And we talked about this before with prophecy. What? You mean God doesn't want flower pots to fall on people's heads? No. Nope. Or your brakes to run out while you're driving down a hill. You just need to... Uh... Who stops on a hill, by the way? Like, your brakes, wouldn't they only go out if you actually tried to stop while on a hill? Like, Well, you have you, to slow you yourself down. You naturally stop while you're on hills or you go over speed limits. Yeah. All right, nobody drive with Casey. Yeah. Speaking of discernment. Oh. <laughs> uh, you just get extra speed. It's fine. Well, I'm sure we can tell why discernment's important, though. Like, we can really mess this up. So, for example, again, that person who probably legitimately heard from the Holy Spirit the other day and posted a video, uh, he said that if you thought any different from what the Holy Spirit had just told him, then you were not a Christian. And that's kind of extreme. It was extreme, extreme. And it was nonsensically extreme. And it just was completely, it was dumbfounding. But the scripture he heard seemed valid. And the Holy Spirit would say, are you on the side of life instead of on the side of killing and destruction? But the interpretation that came out was so erroneous that I would say it was using God's name in vain. Now, he wasn't intentionally trying to do that, so I'll give him some credit, but like, it was not good. <laughs> I 
Likewise, sorry, go ahead. Just a reminder that the Bible says, if anyone, even an angel, gives you a word from me, you are to discern it yourself and subject it to me. Yep. You want to finish that thought for me because I'm... Well, just always, always, sub, always uh, test the words you're given. You yes. have to. You should not take anything for granted. And Paul, again, goes so far as to say, even if an angel comes and proclaims a different gospel than the one we proclaim, do not listen to it. So, like, <laughs> even if a spiritual being itself comes and tries to give you a different gospel, you know, do not listen to it. If someone gives you a word that does not match the gospel, do not listen to it. Discern, discern, discern. And we, uh, when we receive words, we still need to discern. As Olivia just said, we have to test it. We are responsible for that. But when we're giving words, there's kind of an extra level of responsibility that we're being cautious as to how we do it. So my friend, which I've mentioned twice already on this series who had the dream about her aunt never being saved. If I would have said that's a dream from God, I would have empowered Satan, right? Mm. So like I would be guilty <laughs> before God of, wow, Jamin, I was really trying to get that aunt saved instead of discerning that Satan was trying to get her to, to not do that. You just empowered what Satan was doing by assigning my name to it. I'd be guilty of that. I, you know, I would hope God would forgive me, but like I'd be guilty. So we have to be cautious. We have to be careful. A lot of bad things have happened in the name of Jesus. Uh, in fact, I'll say during this whole election cycle, most of the charismatic prophets where I learned to hear God's voice have been saying a lot of incredible things that sound like they're human spirit instead of God's spirit. And I'm like, wow, I did not realize <laughs> how much like even mega prophets of today are inspired by themselves and confuse what God's saying versus what they think. So it actually it is a big deal that we listen carefully because it's incredibly easy to mix up your own thoughts with God's thoughts, no matter how anointed you are. So, there you go. Hey guys, join us on the Discord. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe down below. And also, we talked about discerning voices, so let's have more conversation about that.